0: Whilst the war rages on in Ukraine, the US is still looking at a path of rate hikes to counter inflation. In Europe, where rising commodity prices will make inflation potentially worse, there's still a much more cautious approach to hikes. And Australia, meanwhile, a beneficiary of all this uncertainty as oil prices and gas prices rise and so does coal. Today, markets seem to almost reflect business as usual. But it's not, of course. The fighting is only going to get worse. So could this just be one day of recovery before markets turmoil returns it's thursday the 3rd of march 2022 it's the morning call from nap good morning Well, the US dollar was a bit higher today. It got up to 97.8 on the DXY index. It was around uh, 92 last August. So that gives you an idea of how much it climbed. In fact, it's been the highest it's been since the middle of 2020. But it has come down quite a bit since then. It's actually down on the day now. That's helped other currencies up a little in late trade, uh, although the euro is down ever so slightly. The Aussie dollar is up 0.6%. The pound is the same. Uh, There's been another 5.6% drop in the Russian ruble, though. And the stock market is doing well. We've got a 1.8% rise in the Dow, 1.9% for the S&P 500, uh, 1.6% for the Nasdaq. They all came off a little bit uh, in late trade. Uh, the Eurostox 50 has managed a 1.5% rise, and bond yields back on the rise. 10-year Treasuries up 16 basis points to 1.89%. German Bund's uh, up 10 basis points for 10-year yields, now back into positive territory, and 10-year gilts in the UK, up 13 basis points. So you're looking at all of that, you might be forgiven for thinking that the war was over. The only giveaway is that oil continues to climb, another 7.4% for WTI and 8.5% for Brent crude. Brent is now almost $114. And wheat, well... Over $10 a bushel. Now, we don't normally talk about wheat on the morning call, but it is the highest it's been in 14 years. Why? Because Russia and Ukraine are both major suppliers, although another big wheat supplier is, of course, Australia. But do we have the people to harvest it? And how soggy is it? Uh, But commodities aside, uh, David Degaris is with me from NAB in London. We we look at the, uh, the markets, Dave. Stocks and bonds... Is this just a classic case of buying the dip? Because the war isn't going away, is it? It's just getting worse. So uh, guess I guess stocks are, are, are still well down on, on, you know, a week ago. Uh, but is this just volatility that we're seeing today? Is that why they're back up?
1: I think so. Uh, you know, if, as you said, Phil, if you just looked at where stocks and bond markets are today, uh, and perhaps the risk-type currencies, you'd think, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty good day for markets. So to speak to you right now, the NASDAQ's up, what, 1.7%. And as you said, bond yields have been rising, commodity prices are up. But, um, you know, the war in Ukraine is still going on. Um, as best we know that... Is it forty miles long convoy? Yeah, headed towards it's getting Kiev. closer. So, and there's the thing. I mean, maybe there's a bit closer of hope by than, the inch every day. It seems. Yeah,
0: by the inch though, isn't it? It's moving very slowly. And there are reports that maybe there's uh, there's some people there who are happy not to not happy to fight. Uh, so maybe that's yes. giving giving some hope in in amongst all of this. But it uh, oh. it it's, it is a, it is only going to get worse. I mean, is the... But I guess, where do you put your money? I mean, are, are people putting money into equities because they're going, well, in the US, we're a long way from it. And if you're in an industry that's not exposed to this war, then perhaps that's a safer mm. bet. Mm.
1: Well, it, it's an interesting day, isn't it? So you've got this um, war going on in, in, uh, in Ukraine, which is just um, absolutely shocking. Um, but you've also got uh, uh, a time when, when uh, as you said, Oil prices are well north of $100 a barrel. We were wondering not long ago if they would get to $100 a barrel or Mm. even $90 a barrel. Uh, And you've got the Federal Reserve Chair, who we'll talk about in a couple of minutes, uh, confirming that they're on track to increase rates in two weeks' time, and yet the stock market is uh, off on a runner today. Mm. But um, so None of this makes sense. It's a bit of an upside-down world, isn't it, Phil? I I think for me... um, one of the biggest moves that really caught my attention today is particularly in the commodity sphere. Now, we know that uh, the Black Sea area is a big source for and a big uh, stepping-off point for uh, for commodities, uh, you know, e- exports. You spoke about uh, wheat there. Mm. Um, so wheat is up what, um, I think, thirty over 30% yeah. compared to where it was two weeks ago, nickels up 6.2% rent up only thirteen point three percent. So so it's it had a it's had a massive range in the past couple of days. But the one commodity, Phil, that really caught my attention today is uh, old fashioned black coal. So steaming mm. coal. So that's yep. the coal that's used to fire up power stations. So I came in this morning. I could not believe the figure that I saw on the screen: four hundred dollars US a ton for for steaming coal. So that was. Um, earlier in the week. Yeah. Uh, it's it'd been trading sort of like 220 to $240 a ton, which even those prices are big. But just in the last couple of days, it's jumped for – Two hundred and seventy-five dollars, up to four hundred. So this is the time. substitution
0: effect, as we were saying yesterday. you it know, is, for, for, absolutely forget about saving the planet right now because it's uh, whatever is needed, isn't it? I know. Well, I mean, it's this, it... this isn't being helped, of course, as Tapas was talking about yesterday. That even though there the may not be sanctions yet on Russian oil, uh, it's being seen as a risk for commodity traders, and so, you know there was a well, report the... the BBC saying seventy percent of Russian crude oil exports don't have a buyer. In fact, some have been offered a trade at $18.60 a barrel and they'd still couldn't get anyone to
1: take it. Well, the thing is, uh, you know, trade really requires, comes with what are called letters of credit. Mm. So this is a letter that um, the buyer provides to the exporter, sort of guaranteeing payment from their banker, right? So um, the thing is with a product coming out of the Black Sea, even though energy products are sort of ring-fenced, is not part of the sanctions, uh, what happens if that is not quite right? What happens if the West decides while that cargo is on the high seas that suddenly um, that is also sanctioned? Who is bearing the risk then? And what about the insurance for those cargoes as well? So it's not, as you say, Phil, that uh, Russia is not offering the product for sale. It's about how do you get it there adequately financed and yep. uh, and insured along the way and that is a big big issue and so it's and having we're the same that effect in the coal market as well same, absolutely same effect. it's, it's a bit- almost like a de facto sanction you might say mm-hmm. so the market's sort of pricing in uh, a de facto san- sanction. So, all, so, is
0: all of this this rising commodities then? I mean, and the particular commodities that you know perhaps are good for Australia, uh, right down to wheat as well. Got low acreage of, of wheat in Australia. I mean, is it, uh, I mean, could When I mean, we talked about the risk element hitting the Australian dollar, but it seems like that is really being counteracted by this rising yeah. commodities, isn't
1: it? It is. Um, you know, for months now we've been we've been commenting on the fact that. It's really been yields and expected yields and what central banks are and are not doing that's really been driving currencies, but it's Mm. really reverted to its commodity type, hasn't it, in the past 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. So as I speak to you right now, the Aussie just ticking over 73 cents. So it's been one of the strongest currencies. So the commodity currencies are certainly in the ascendancy and in a a strange twist of fate uh, for uh, commodity importers like, uh, Germany, for instance, um, you know, rises in in gas prices, and that's another commodity that's um, mm. been been, uh, been soaring today, and 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 oil and the like, uh, is a big hit to to uh, to incomes, to households and businesses. But in Australia, it's sort of adding to the bottom line of the economy day by day.
0: Yeah. Oh well, and that surely means there's going to be a different attitude taken by different central banks then because we've got uh, Jerome Powell giving his testimony to the House Committee in the United States. He Mm. basically confirmed a a March rate hike uh, with more more to come. We had James Bullard giving similar language. We had Larry Summers uh, popping up again saying that, you know, it should have all been done a long time ago. (laughs)
1: It's
0: too slow to respond and they're going to need to pick up the game. So you'd think, I mean, if and you can understand the difference in in Europe because if they were saying, well, we're going to tighten while the consumer gets squeezed because, you know, Uh, you'd be thinking there in Europe. Well, that's a danger, isn't it? Because you are going to squeeze the consumer, and rate rises aren't going to su- fix the supply costs, which are the fundamental problem behind all of this. But it, in yes, the United well, States, they it, don't seem too concerned about that. And Larry Summers wants more
1: of it. Well, I think particularly in this market, Phil, where you have um, credit markets have become jumpy in recent days, mm. uh, market volatility has picked up. What markets look for with central banks is an, an element of predictability. So we know that the market has backed away from 50 basis points from the Fed on the 16th of March, but it's still expecting, even before today, it's still expecting 25 basis points. So what would happen to the market and to um, – uh, equity sentiment. If the Fed came out today and Powell said uh, we're not sure, we'll have to think about it on the day. Uh, we'll have to consider it. We're worried about the situation. the knock-on effects from uh, Ukraine. That's what the ECB uh, sort of. <laughs> depending on who you listen to. If you listen to uh, the Germans, I don't think you're getting quite that that mm. message. Mm. Uh, or if if Powell came out and said, "Oh, we need to increase rates 50 basis points," it's going to produce potential market instability. What they're looking for is, what is the game plan? Is it still in place? And that was clearly the message from Powell today, wasn't it? That mm. uh, It almost sounded like uh, mildly hawkish from him that, yeah. you know, we have the tools – he knows how important inflation is politically in the U S and of course, well, it was, from both sides of the house, you're getting in it from the Republicans. It was business as usual, wasn't it really? It was business as usual, uh, wasn't it? Well, it's Philip oh, Lane
0: talking for the chief economist of the ECB, who, uh, of course yeah. last week was saying, you know, if there was a conflict in Ukraine, I think you said this before, it actually really took off, you know, saying that could reduce GDP by 0.3 to 0.4%. And a severe case could see it close to a 1% hit, which I suspect we are in that severe case now. Uh, He's been saying just in the last few hours that, um, you know, again, the same message really, that they're going to do what it takes to ensure financial stability during the crisis and there will be yes. short, short-term deviations from the inflation rate, but lags and uncertainty in the transmission of monetary policy uh, need to be taken account of. So, in other words, no sudden moves. I mean, he's... But he's, that covers
1: all possibilities, doesn't <laughs> it? Does, it? Which is that whole patience
0: line again, isn't it?
1: It, do, it does have that flow through, of course, yeah. Um and he is a member of the Governing Council. He has a, he has a vote on the council. But um, what we've been hearing from the other side, from the Germans and, and I met from Holtzman, I think we heard earlier in the week, the Austrian central bank head, there's still quite a lot of concern about inflation, inflation uh, out of, of Europe, and there's still a lot of concern about negative interest rates and getting out of that. Mm. So I think the game plan is still there. It may be delayed somewhat. But uh the game plan is very much there. So um I I think markets are looking for guidance on that. But you're right, it would be easy to interpret Lane's comments as pushing back as uh pushing back against prospect of of yeah. uh, rate rises anytime soon. It's interesting the market's still pricing maybe 10 to 20 basis points of hikes from the ECB this year. It's yeah. not a lot, but um Still got some of that priced into the
0: curve there. Well, it all does d- depend, doesn't it, on on you know those key factors like how many people have got a job, how safe are those jobs, what's the underlying Indeed. inflation and how much of this, that is driven by commodities, Indeed. where you're getting your commodities yes. from. And obviously, Europe is faring somewhat worse than uh, North America. So Bank of Canada, fairly safe to lift interest rates, perhaps by 25 basis points, taking it back to where uh, was in March 2020. I mean, they have got uh, what 5.1% inflation so far. The economic yes. growth is much faster there than the bank had, yes. had expected. So, uh, they've an annual growth rate of 6.7% uh, over the last few months of last year. Indeed. So, so, plenty Indeed. of room for them to move.
1: I think so, and and uh, often we get caught up with the change in interest rate, whereas mm. really what matters more over time is the level of interest rates, yep. not whether it's gone up 25 basis points. So. Still one half of one percent is not a high interest not a high interest rate from the Bank of Canada mm. so um, you know we know that, that that they were close to to hiking last time and they 've hiked today but but policy is still very expansionary but certainly came with the message that there are more on the way which is which is what you would expect so um, I, I think that sort of thinking will be important for the ECB. Um, you know in uh, you know with it, with their meeting next week which is really the next big cab off the rank
0: well one statistic you might want to question which we saw in the last few hours business confidence in Russia for February was minus 3.3 in December it was 2 in January and 2.3 in February so it's picking up i suspect that might need to be revised down a bit uh, but one number, one number we can accept although we don't really fully accept it do we, is the ADP employment number for the United States it was expected that the growth in jobs might slow uh, after half a million new jobs in January, but almost as many in February. Uh, so that looks pretty good. And we get the weekly jobless claims out tonight for the United States. But of course, the big number is the non-farm payrolls on Friday. And a I, I, I job's going to be even more important now because we want to see how much disruption all of this unrest is causing on the world economy. And, of course, you know, one of those early signs is going to be if people start losing their jobs.
1: Well, that's going to be important, isn't it? But uh, the world economy is really starting from as good a position you had ever would have hoped for, yeah. uh, you know, at the start of the pandemic, right? So, look, I can remember, Phil, when we did podcasts podcast two years ago talking about the fact that governments needed to step up the plate and provide cash into mm. the system, and they did that in spades, Right. And okay, we've got inflation is is too high at the present time, but you'd prefer the economies to be strong with some inflation rather than really struggling with high levels of unemployment right now. Yeah, and yeah. and quickly, as for the ADP employment number, okay, it's come out strong this month, but I did note that um last month was magically revised from negative 301 to plus 509. <laughs> 000. So it's <laughs> a bit of a revision. Could, could last month's payrolls have had anything to do with that? Perhaps. All right. Well, okay. Anyway, well, there, there <laughs> we are. Maybe we,
0: that's why we don't take it too seriously. The uh, the Cajun services PMI for China is out today. Uh, in the US, we get the ISM numbers and the factory orders, and and the ECB publishes uh, the accounts for its February meeting, which is possibly a little bit out of date right now. But I mean, the big question is obviously is what happens uh, in in that war, uh, and uh, how much worse does it get over the uh, the next twenty four yeah, hours? It is. Yes, indeed. And, and I guess that, you know, through all of this, the relationship between the West and China at the end of all of this is going to be, you know, we're going to see a new economic order at the end of all of this, uh, which might mean, you know, America and Europe do what Donald Trump wanted us to do all along and uh, bring, bring back more production on shore.
1: Well, at that and the fact, you know, we've had this just-in-time manufacturing, mm. you know, not, uh, yeah. we, you, you know maybe we'll move to a just in case type scenario over time yeah but uh, uh, we, we're not there we're not at that point yet we, uh, manufacturers can't get to that point right no, now
0: exactly but a lot of learning hasn't been the last couple of years good to talk anyway dave catch you again very soon thank good you on you phil cheers and once again we are practicing just over time uh on the morning call uh we'll be back again tomorrow morning for another one i'm phil dobby for nab see you then